Today's episode of Basketball Reasons is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Welcome back to Basketball Reasons on the Forum Club, the Lakers podcast with The Athletic. I'm Bill Orem, joined as always by Brett Dawson. Brett, how is life in quarantine over where you are? Oh, oh, it's a it's a beautiful day on the west side. It won't stop raining. Uh, it's miserable to be stuck inside. But you know what? Other than some allergies, my health is fine. So I'm I'm not going to complain. Yeah, I know. I, I would assume most of our listeners are are either in Los Angeles or from Los Angeles. But we, um, you know, it does rain here. We we get a fair amount of rain in the winter and, and early spring. And right now we've been in a bit of a bit of a funk weather-wise in LA. The first week um, that the NBA season was postponed actually was rainy and then the weather cleared for a little bit and now we've got the rain back again and it does make everything else seem much more grim. It also is affecting me. Um, I, <laughs> I've i had a bit of a sore throat. The, the climate change has has, uh, has made a little uh, has, has made me a little stuffier, a little uh, scratchier voice. So you please forgive me on this podcast, but I'm doing my part or my best here to um, to mitigate that. I've got a lozenge in, I've got a tea and a and a tumbler of bourbon next to me. So hopefully one of those things is going to get me through the next thirty minutes. I know which one I I would prefer in this situation. Bourbon was a sore throat. I grew up in in Kentucky, so bourbon was kind of a a cure all as a as a even as a kid you got a little bit. I mean, the, the whole, like, we were talking to my, we have a baby, and we were talking to my mother-in-law yesterday, two days ago, and he's, and the baby's teething, he's 10 months oh, old, yeah. and, and my mother-in-law's like, well, rub some bourbon on there, and, and dear listener, we did not rub bourbon on his gums, but that, uh, uh, I, that plenty was, people do. That was done to me uh, with regularity when I was teething. Uh, that is a, a story my mom loves to tell my friends. Whenever anyone tells me that I'm drinking too much, I just tell them I'm teething. <laughs> Whatever works. All right, Brett. So I think we're coming up on the one month mark since the the, the NBA season was suspended. Uh, Saturday will be the one month anniversary. It is currently Thursday, April 9th. When we're recording this. Um, we're closing in on what would have been the end of the regular season. Um, that's coming up next uh, Wednesday, I want to say. Um, it, we actually had kind of a productive week this week in the world of Lakers. And I want to I want to I want to get to that. Um, you know, there were some conversations with Rob Palinka, LeBron James, people we've not heard from since the season ended, uh, stories up on that, up on the athletic, but Brett, I just wanted to ask you first, um, what is new with you since we last spoke? How have you been managing your life, your work schedule, um, while also staying safe and trying to, uh, do your part in this pandemic? I don't know that I am managing my, my life very well, but, um, I'm staying home uh, pretty much exclusively. I have a mask on the way, but I don't currently have a mask. I did go to the grocery store the other day with a scarf, which my brother, who is a former nurse and medical professional, tells me is the not the, the best 
uh, alternative, but is a viable alternative. You can wear a scarf uh, as opposed to a mask um, in a pinch. And so just to go to the grocery store and pick up some things, I did that. Um, my days are running together. I was telling our, our producer, Andrew Schleck, before you got on that I, I called my mom on Tuesday to wish her a happy birthday, but that was Monday. Uh, I just lost track of the day entirely. And today is Thursday, and I spent most of today thinking it was Wednesday. Um, so I've been kind of a mess on that front. Um, it was nice to actually get a little structure from the Lakers and have a, a couple of things, some zoom calls with Rob Polinka and LeBron James yesterday, just to have a little something to do. Um, but I think even more than, you know, as, as has been the, uh, I guess the order I, I've been home much more than I was even in the first couple of weeks. Um, I, I've, I've, I've tried to crack down on how much time I'm, I'm spending outside of the house, which is almost none at this point. Um, and is, is, like down to literally none in the rain because if I can't go outside to walk, I don't really leave. And are, are you, um, Brent? Uh, one thing we've done at the Athletic over the last few weeks is we're really trying to support some local businesses, bring attention to some local businesses that we um, that, that we we like. I know I included a couple of takeout restaurants in the piece that's up on the Athletic now. Uh, I know you did too, um, Kogi being one of your favorites. Uh, I think we need to definitely make it make sure we're taking an opportunity to shout out some of the small businesses that have been keeping us afloat during this time. Who've you been? Um, who've you been relying on? Yeah. In addition to the restaurants, and I would tell people, even if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, that that you should subscribe to The Athletic for one thing because it's 90 days for free right now. But that story is free if you're just looking for some local businesses in L.A. to support um, restaurants. There's a long list of them from our whole staff, and it's a good list. Um, So I would check that out. For me, above and beyond restaurants, I'll tell you one thing that's helping keep me sane a whole lot. Somebody I really want to shout out is is, uh, Frank Hawley, my personal trainer, H-A-W-L-E-Y. Uh, people can find him on Facebook if you're looking for somebody to kind of guide you through some workouts. He's great to work with in person, but he's also really good uh, over FaceTime, and we've been doing a lot of that. Um, that's really helped me just because, especially right now when it's raining, you can't really get out. It's 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 difficult to get out and walk or ride your bike in the rain, just unpleasant. And so just doing anything to stay active to me is great right now. And I can do this with stuff I have at home with just resistance bands and a yoga mat. And uh, he puts me through the the paces and works me pretty hard. And that's been really good. I, I, I've loved uh, having him for that. He's, he's so great to work with. On the opposite end of the spectrum, a place that, uh, that I've really – uh, you know, been glad to have around in the neighborhood is a place called Hilo. It's a beer market and wine market. Um, they've been great about, you know, they have uh, latex gloves at the front of the store. Um, they only have so many people in there at a time. Um, you can go cardless, you can use your phone. So they're doing all kinds of things, uh, every step they can take just to kind of make the shopping experience safe. They got a little bit of, you know, they have kind of like high end snack food, like party type foods, but also for a small place, just an awesome selection of beer and wine. And so for me, I'm kind of a beer nerd and I've been experimenting a little more with wine lately. And so they have a great staff to kind of help you uh, find what you're looking for, what you want. So those those are two things uh, on a healthy and less healthy end of the spectrum for me. What about you? <laughs> I'm just I'm just kind of fascinated by this idea of you experimenting with wine like it's college. Like, what are you doing, snorting it? <laughs> well, like, I, I just like trying different wines. I, I was never much of a wine drinker. I've always been a beer and bourbon drinker. And wine is really something that's happened for me in the last year. So I haven't tried a whole lot of different stuff. So I just mean asking somebody, hey, I like this. What else might I like? I've never done that with wine before. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Well, I'd like to stick on alcohol delivery because that is that, – that, I think that is um, – uh, you know, that, that is that's a big part of uh, getting through this, at least for me. Um, 
I live I live not too far away from Common Space, the brewery over in Hawthorne, um, by the Hawthorne Airport, and they have been um, they've been awesome. They they have in brewery pickup, the same thing you're talking about, like extra extra precautions on on the sanitation front, um, and then also delivery across Los Angeles. So those dudes have been just totally nails. And then um, specifically, um, Fred Gucci is a big time Laker fan who. Um, you know, has season tickets with the Lakers or shares season tickets with a buddy, I think. Um, and he owns a little wine shop in South Redondo. If you live in the South Bay, you probably know Friends of the Vine. Um, and Friends of the Vine is still open through Fred Gucci, who's driving all around the South Bay in his minivan, delivering wine to people who are able to place an order with him. He's on Instagram. Friends of the Vine is on Instagram. You can find Fred Gucci, E-G-U-C-H-I, or just Friends of the Vine. Um, but he has been... Um, you know, he's one of the nicest guys in the world, big time Laker fan, and um, obviously uh, happy to help support him. At, you know, as he as they get through this time. So, um, you know, there's a lot of great small businesses out there, and um, I think unfortunately, um, we know that they're probably not all going to still be there when we were able to come out of our houses again. But um, you know, in as much as we can, and, and what what anyone can afford to do, um, it's 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 our responsibility to help them help them stay afloat so um that's awesome brett uh and like you said you know the athletic ha- is going to have you know several more stories on businesses to support um should we turn our attention to the lakers now since people have made it through like i don't, I don't even know 11 minutes of a podcast where we haven't even said anything about the lakers other than yeah, Fred especially, especially, he's a big fan yeah especially given that like we have Lakers stuff to actually talk about it's not there wasn't huge news yesterday but we did get to actually interact with people that we cover yeah that's been that's been the thing that's missing right like we have not um you know had our normal media availabilities and so you know we just are over here twiddling our thumbs trying to find you know more creative ways to tell stories about the team and the league but um, in terms of like having daily access and by the way that is something you do take for granted um when you're in when in kind of the throes of an nba season is the fact that there's somebody there to talk to you several times a day, whether it's the coach of the team, you know, a, a bench player, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, there will be the opportunity to talk to people. And, and sometimes that feels a little bit like a, oh God, I got to get up and go to shoot around. Like, I don't really have anything to ask today. Like I'd rather just stay in my nice courtyard by Marriott bed, uh, another small business. I'd like to shout out Marriott. Um, and, and man, we, we went weeks between talking to anybody from the Lakers in any official capacity. And it felt good, frankly, to kind of exercise those muscles again. So um, and also, by the way, shout out to the Lakers PR staff for making it happen. Not all teams um, have had media availabilities with with players or um, coaches since since the season was suspended. And in the last week, um, the Lakers PR staff, Allison Bogley, Tanisha Cooper, Will Patterson, T.C. Green um, have have gotten us uh, Frank Vogel. And then yesterday, Rob Palinka and LeBron James, which was which was awesome. And it was helpful. And I think it was good for fans. Right. I mean, yeah, fans want to hear from these guys. It's not about us. It's about fans who, you know, are sitting at home wondering what LeBron James is up to. And after yesterday, we were able to finally tell him. Yeah, I think that's that's a big a big piece of that, that they are trying to make those people accessible through us so that we can kind of deliver a message to the fans. That actually is what the job is. We talk about access and we talk about different things, but the job is to provide information for the people that read our stories or listen to our podcasts or whatever. So that part was great. And also a little shout out to the Lakers as well for um, I, I don't want to be too territorial, but they kept those gatherings relatively small so that the people who got to cover the team got to ask questions, which was nice. There weren't just a million people from all over the country uh, on those calls with Palinka and LeBron. And that's great because we're trying to serve a Laker audience. And I think that was a cool thing to be able to do. Um, 
I think the biggest thing to take away from the fact that we got to talk to those guys, and I'm going to bring this up because it's weird if you do it, uh, is that LeBron likes your quarantine beard, uh, was a big fan of it, and said so to you. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, a few weeks ago, LeBron did a, 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 a an Instagram post of, of how his beard was, was getting a little unruly because he wasn't going to trim it uh, or he couldn't go to his barber. Um, during during quarantine, obviously, and I have my own barber, but in solidarity with LeBron, out of sheer laziness and a curiosity to see just how bad this thing can get, I have let my beard go also. And LeBron did say yesterday, I think we have the audio of this. Maybe Schlecht is maybe going to play it, but he said we had uh, we had some good beard chemistry going on. Uh, first of all, Bill, I just want to say that I love your beard. Right um, I feel like we got a lot of chemistry going on right now with your beard. Uh. Yeah, sort of beard beard brethren. Um, you've gone the short hair, full beard route, which is kind of the LeBron look. It's it's similar, but the beards definitely, as they get kind of out of control, there's there's a real uh, that's that's the real benefit of Zoom is that LeBron got to see your beard in all its glory. And got to really appreciate it, and it was very nice of him to do that. Well, it was it was funny that LeBron focused on my beard because we'd spoken to Rob Palinka earlier in the day, and Rob Palinka, first thing he says to me on this Zoom call is, "Bill, how did you get a haircut?" And I, I told him, I told him the truth, which is that I, I, I gave the Clippers to my four year old son, and I put it on Instagram Live, and that is more or less what we did. Um, but he kept he kept just going on and on and on. He's like, "Wow, is that a fade? You got Do I need to get a kit for that? Like, what? How? How? I'm gonna have to get on your on your level." And he I made you like, turn to the side so that he could see like whether you had gone one length or faded it. Like he really wanted to get a, a good look. He didn't seem to believe that I had literally just shaved it down to the skin and then bicked it. Actually, um, you know, but it had been a few weeks, so it's starting to look like you know a more normal haircut, less less Kamenetsky ish. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but, so, uh, we did talk some content. <laughs> a little bit. We talked. I mean, Rob actually did. Rob, Rob, before he got started, also uh, wanted to know whatever what the best thing everybody had cooked was. Rob was uh, Rob seemed like a lot of us, like just really happy to talk to some different people. Yeah, he said that a few times that, you know, the, the kind of one of the highlights of of um, a really terrible situation is the fact that there is this different form of face-to-face communication. He's obviously not the first person to make this point, but, um, you know, getting to, you know, have forcing yourself to to, to interact face-to-face in zoom meetings. In some ways, I think you're having more face-to-face interaction, um, than maybe in your everyday life, right? When you kind of, you know, are in and out or you're not, you're not paying attention. You're not making eye contact. Um, there has been something nice about, about, about the setup of zoom. It certainly doesn't replace being in the same space as another human and being able to have a conversation, but, um, it has, it has been a, a, a small silver lining. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, Rob, we had the option of going either way yesterday and he was thankful and th- thanked everybody for agreeing to do it via zoom, as opposed to doing just a conference call, which we could have done. And I think that sort of plays into some of the basketball piece of this too. He talked about, you know, the connection the team has tried to make as much as possible. We know that they've done some workouts via Zoom and that sort of thing. Um, and talked about a thing that I think, and we, we wrote about this a little bit yesterday, Bill, and just kind of responding, reacting to the things that he talked about. I, I've been a believer this year in the, in the idea that the Lakers really are genuinely close, that they are a team that really gets along. And I do believe this is probably hard because, you know, there are people around the, the franchise who I see a lot and suddenly I don't see as much anymore. And I miss them. I miss being around 
you and the other people that cover the team. I miss the PR people. I miss being in the locker room. I can't imagine for a team that's actually bonded, that actually knows one another as opposed to us. We don't know Anthony Davis. We work around him. Uh, that this has been a difficult time. And so I do think they've tried to take some steps as best they can so that if they get to resume, it's not a bunch of guys coming back together who haven't communicated in, in two months or whatever the number ends up being. Yeah, that's the most interesting thing, right? Is like, what what does this look like when slash if the Lakers come back? Uh, because everything that they had up until the moment it stopped was, you know, incredible chemistry, great momentum, signature wins. Um, what do they lose in a hiatus? And, and listen, at this point, we are hoping it's just a hiatus and not a full on cancellation. And one of the, we wrote two stories yesterday, Brett. You and I did a back and forth on what we learned from Rob Palinka, and then you. Uh, and then you wrote a column about LeBron and basically what it means for there to be a lost season of LeBron James potentially. And what LeBron said, which was maybe I can like I can find some satisfaction and um, uh, gratitude for what we've accomplished as a team through 63 games. But I, you know, I would not be able to find closure in the fact that we didn't get to, to actually play for a championship. But one of the things I said in our Palinka piece and I, I think this is really true, is I'm really curious how we're going to look back on this moment in three months. You know, you look back a month ago, we were still talking about, you know, games with no fans. And, you know, maybe, you know, I think even at the time, remember that that Board of Governors meeting on Wednesday, hours before the season was actually suspended, there was a report that there were a handful of owners who were pushing for a short hiatus of the season, whereas the majority wanted to play games without fans. That was the... That was the more out there opinion to have a hiatus in the season. And then within a few hours, the season had been shut down. So I'm curious when we look back on this moment, how what we are thinking will look to us then. Meaning, are we going to think it was just totally crazy that we were even talking about trying to get this season ended? Like that it was just like completely naive to think it was possible. Or are we going to think, you know, that was when we started to have like a real understanding of the situation and we're able to start putting our focus in a productive in a productive uh, direction. I just, I just don't know. We have, we have no idea as quickly as this thing is changing. We just have no clue. Yeah. And if there's one thing about yesterday that was, I discouraging is maybe the wrong word, but if you're, if you're hopeful for a resumption of play, um, I think the one thing that, that would have bothered you about yesterday, the takeaway from both of those guys and Bill, I think you brought this up first uh, astutely about um, Rob. And then I think LeBron kind of followed up. Both of those guys expressed their optimism, like they were optimistic that there will be basketball, but that optimism isn't really rooted in anything real right now. Both of them were kind of saying, I'm an optimistic person. Um, I want to believe that this is going to work out, but we're pretty right. far away from a, a plan laid out in front of us, a return to play plan that that one is visible and just is real and tangible and two makes a lot of sense. We just haven't seen that yet. Um, and I'm real hopeful that, you know, much like those guys, I really want this to happen. And I'm hopeful in a month that we are closer to having something like that. But I don't know right now that I can feel strongly that that's going to happen. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think fans are looking for is like, you know, a comment from Rob Palinka that says this is a plan that makes sense to me. Um, hopefully we can make that work. You know, something that feels like structure or an outline or a goal of some sort. But as it is now, it's just like, I hope we get something. And that uncertainty and that sort of nebulous hopefulness is is um, feels like the sort of thing you say before the inevitable we can't do this comes. And obviously you hope it's not that. You just don't know. 
Yep. It's, um, you know, I think LeBron, I thought LeBron handled yesterday very well. I think there've been times when he's, um, uh, maybe handled it less well. I mean, like he, he's I, the, the pattern of LeBron right in this whole thing has been to make a big declaration. I'm not playing in front of fans and then kind of swing back and say, Oh, I didn't know they were actually talking about doing this and I would do it if I had to. And then, you know, on the, on the road trip and podcast, he, he flatly said he was not there for the idea of, of like quarantining and playing in Vegas yesterday. He had softened on that. He didn't say definitively I would do that. Um, but he seemed open to a lot of different ideas. I do think everybody will have to be open to some oddity if this is going to happen. And I still think we've just got to get to a place, you know, we have to get to a place nationally where testing is pretty uh, readily available. And and we've had some ups and downs, obviously, in that regard, where some federal funding is going to end for testing. That's going to be a more local, uh, more localized process now. So in a month, where are we in terms of the ability of everybody to get tested? I think that's going to be important just because I do think even if these are private companies that are testing these NBA teams, if you're going to sequester them and try to play a playoffs or whatever, I do think we've got to get to a place ethically and from a public relations standpoint, the league has got to have everybody's got to be able to get tested more or less before you can just start testing everybody all the time for these games. Yeah, no question. And we and listen, the NBA has to be careful and tread lightly. I mean, there was pretty serious backlash on Major League Baseball the other day uh, after the report came out that they were moving forward it seemed like with a bubble city um sort of scenario in the phoenix area you had a lot of players with families who pushed back on it and it it the, the proposal um felt perhaps a little um a little too aggressive um given the circumstances and so the nba you know wants to be a leader on this but they also don't want to be um they don't want to be they don't want to get it wrong and so that's going to be that's going to be a very narrow tightrope for the league to walk because I mean listen if you if you put LeBron James in charge of the NBA right now if you made him the commissioner I mean I, I think he would find a way to play right now I mean because that's the way a professional basketball player is wired and I'm not saying he's not sensitive to the situation I'm just saying his first priority is naturally to get out on the floor and that's probably true of most players and and so you know the considerations are so vast that you know the desires of, of players and teams and ownership to get these games played are inevitably secondary to what's actually, what's actually happening in the world. Yeah. And I, I do, I, we should point out, I, you know, it's funny. I got, I had somebody push back on, on Twitter today about LeBron saying he couldn't get any closure and saying, you know, like, oh, I, I hope that doesn't bother him for too long, given all these people are out here dying. Uh, that, you know, that's, that's a response to a headline. It's not a response to a story. LeBron made very clear yesterday that the priority here is the safety of people in America and around the world. And, and that all of this is to be done. I think the phrase he used is once we get a handle on this, all of that stuff has to happen first. And like, anytime we talk about basketball, you know, like it should go without saying, but just so that it doesn't go without saying it's all completely trivial. I want basketball back very badly. I want to get back to my job. I want to be back to watching the games that I'm not covering. I even want baseball and whatever else. I want sports to watch on television. I miss it desperately. But obviously this other stuff is way more important. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the, that's the necessary context that I, I think we shouldn't have to explain. But because people do get offended by things like LeBron saying I wouldn't have closure, it's like, well, that's not the most important thing. Nobody's saying it's the most important thing. Certainly not LeBron. He's not saying it is the most important thing that he gets closure. What he is saying is that he is a basketball player. This is what he does. That is what he knows. That is what he he's wired to the rhythm of an NBA season. He is wired to go win a championship. So for him, he wants that opportunity. It, it is natural that he, the Lakers, NBA fans, would want that all back. But 
any rational person puts it in its proper place in society. So anyway, you're you're 100 percent right. React to a headline. Yeah, it happens. Look, but I, and and it was one thing I wanted to make sure was in the story, even though it it uh, it should kind of go without saying. Um, and if it didn't go with if, if LeBron had been out saying the most important thing in the world is that we play these NBA finals like that would have been a story. Right. That would have been the the the, the whole theme of the story is that LeBron has no perspective. Uh, clearly, he does have perspective. And that's he, he, he made that very clear yesterday. And I think everybody who wrote about it made it very clear as well. Um, that's just, you know, it, it, that's a minority of people. I think the majority of people understand that that, uh, you know, you, you want to go back to work at your job. Most likely your kids certainly probably want to go back to school and see their friends again. But that doesn't mean that you think it's the only important thing. Absolutely. OK, Brett, before we go, I'm going to have a couple couple things for you. I want to know what's the best Zoom meeting you've had or Google Hangout, whatever. What has been your best video conference call chat session since you've been stuck at home? Well, I'm almost going to be offended if – well, yours is – you have a better one, I guess, I'm going to guess, than mine. But uh, we got together on the Lakers beat. So uh, uh, me and you and, and Dave McMiniman and Kyle Goon and, and Tanya Gingley, we got together for um, kind of a happy hour. Um, that's been my favorite. Oh. I've, I've touched base with some other people that way, but that one was the biggest group I've had for the kind of the, the longest period of time, and that was fun. That was a good one. I loved that one. Um, you know, for me, I think I'm just going to take it off work for a second, although I could certainly make a case that, that was the best one. Um, I had a friend from high school who was supposed to get married in Miami on South Beach on April 3rd or 4th, whatever that Saturday was. Wedding obviously called off. Um, we got a bunch of friends from our high school class together. Um, we're able to sing sing a song to her. Um, the the Aerosmith song, Help Me Out, Don't Want to Miss a Thing, sort of an anthem of high school. Yeah, we were those kids, and we were able to serenade her on Zoom. Everyone was was kind of had their own video lag. It was real terrible. It's on YouTube. I will not be providing a link, but it was really fun, and it was a chance to connect with a lot of people that, um, to be honest, I'm not sure I would have been able to connect with if not for this moment, I mean, not all those people were going to make the flight to Miami from you know, wherever we all are, Oregon, California, Idaho, Montana, wherever everybody is. Um, not everybody was actually going to make the wedding physically. And so as as hurt as I am for those guys that their wedding uh, has been postponed, it did lead us um, together in a different way. And that was and that was special. And I think kind of um, is that silver lining that I think Rob was talking about 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 Zoom. So and not just Zoom, by the way, it's not the common space, Fred Gucci, Friends of the Vine, Marriott and Zoom, my, the small businesses I'd like to shout out today. Um, <laughs> one song you've been listening to, you found yourself listening to a little bit more in quarantine um, because of the current circumstances. Uh, interestingly, uh, this week in particular, uh, kind of a not not totally obscure Prince song, but a deep Prince cut for me called Sometimes It Snows in April. A uh, bit of a melancholy jam uh, for this uh, time when it's raining in Southern California and it's kind of dreary and I just kind of want some dreary music on occasion. I've been listening to um, a song from American Aquarium. We were talking about American Aquarium off air. Uh and I've been listening to a song from their latest album called Tough Folks. Um, tough times don't last. Tough folks do. I've listened to that song almost every day. And one thing you've watched other than Tiger King. Other than Tiger King. Uh, so I have found myself quite a bit uh, revisiting things that I liked in the past, uh, some sort of comfort food stuff. So I've done a, a pretty uh, deep uh, rewatch of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
Um, but in terms of new stuff, um, I watched John Wick for the first time, and I'm going to watch John Wick 2 and 3. My neighbor has provided those to me. Um, and I like John Wick pretty well. Um, and then Is your neighbor I, Keanu Reeves? He is not. I wish. He is in the business, though. He's in the industry. Um, he's a sound designer, a sound editor. Um, he did not work on those particular movies, but he did work on some big ones. Um but the, I, I would say in terms of a binge that I don't see a lot of people talk about that I thought was really just a nice light binge for this this time we're going through is High Fidelity on Hulu. Really enjoyed that. If you like the book and or the film, this is a another different interpretation with the same basic idea, record store owner. In this case, it's a woman instead of a man, but similar kind of romantic stories. Um, really fun and just kind of light, like a good thing to watch. Uh, this time of year, maybe not for your kids, but for the for the grownups in the house. I do want to watch that. Um, and this actually leads to a funny thing. At least it's funny to me. Um, so someone else has been using my Hulu account, and I don't know who it is. And I don't recall giving my Hulu account information to anyone else. Um, there was one person, but I've checked with that person. They said they don't use it anymore. So other than that, I have no idea who's using my Hulu account. They've watched High Fidelity. They were ahead of me on uh, Little Fires Everywhere. They are watching um, – they watched The Good Place. They were watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Is it you? Um, and they watched uh, – there was one other thing that they were watching, like straight – it was like they're like on season seven. And I can't figure out who it was. And I was a little bit torn because there was the – the, the very natural part of me that was like, I just changed the password, shut this person out, and they will eventually come to me and, and want, want to know the password again if it was somebody who thought they actually had a right to my password or they'll go away. But in the age of social distancing, I also felt sort of a closeness to this person, like an intimacy with someone because I was able to see what they were watching and it felt like a friendship almost. Yeah, I think that's uh, if the, if your password to Hulu is your password to other stuff, you need to change. Which it is not. Password. It is not. Okay, it was. All right, you're probably fine then. I changed. You're probably the okay. Mostly out of spite because I wanted to know who the hell I want to. I, I I don't know if I want to know so much, but I wanted to. I knew I, I felt strongly enough that the person who was using my Hulu did not have my permission anymore to be watching my Hulu. Yeah. So I, um, I shut that down. I had a mystery with my HBO Go once like that, um, very similar situation. It turned out – because the, the stuff that the person was watching, I knew a couple of people had that password. But the stuff that the person was watching just did not compute to me that they would be watching it. And then I found out that a friend of mine, his wife was using it on her own separate uh, device. And so she was watching things that he would not have watched and it just kind of threw me off. So I finished Ozark Season 3. Amazing. Uh, I'm up to date on Little Fires Everywhere which I think is pretty darn good. Um, and then I, this is my, my guilty confession. I did start yesterday a show on Disney plus Brett, you don't have kids. So maybe you, maybe you don't oh, have Disney plus. I I, I'm a nerd. I have Disney plus oh, Mandalorian. For, for the Mandalorian and, and the Marvel yeah. stuff. Okay. Well then you, then, <laughs> then maybe you're the right person for this. Uh, they have, there's a show hosted by Kristen Bell called Encore. You know what this is? I have heard of this. I'm a big Kristen Bell fan, so I haven't seen it, but I am aware of it. I, I, would, warn, I would warn you, she's on this show very little. Okay. But I should uh, just rewatch Veronica Mars. <laughs> Encore is a show about high school musical casts coming together 20, 30, 
15, whatever, years later to restage their high school musicals. Oh, so not high school musical, like the musical they performed in, like Fiddler on the Roof or something like that. Correct. Although I think like episode seven is actually high school musical. But but yes, so I've watched so far only a few episodes. I watched um, a high school from San Diego restage Annie, um, like the class of 94 doing Annie in 2019 and a um, a high school in Dallas that restaged uh beauty and the beast that was very well done and i'm currently in the middle of an episode in georgia about oklahoma fittingly enough one of my favorite musicals one of my favorite places i've lived like top four (laughs) yeah uh it is in the it's in top five for sure okay we have nowhere to be schlecht can we keep talking about things that have nothing to do with the team we cover i mean you're the producer sure okay Brent, is that the is that the first word Schleck's ever said? Like Andrew, is that the first thing you've ever said on the podcast? I believe it is. Yes. <laughs> oh, full sentence. Sentence. what what are the because people who have not lived in Oklahoma, I think might have a certain um, impression of what that might be like, and it may not be positive. Um, I'm curious what those people don't know and why Oklahoma is a great place to live. Well, it's. Uh, People are very nice. Um, it, it, they they are aggressively nice to the point that it's like a it's a big thing with Oklahomans that they want to be known for being nice, and so they are just incredibly Same. nice to you all the time. Um, so that that part is great. This, there's a sort of a spirit in the city of uh, in Oklahoma City, and I didn't spend a lot of time outside the city, having only lived there for three years. And you know how the NBA season is; it dominates a lot of your time. So, other than Oklahoma City, if I was traveling, I was probably leaving Oklahoma. So I got to Tulsa a little bit, and that was about it. Um, but the city has kind of a has a little bit of a spirit of of like it has a, a, an up and coming feel about it. It's got some cool little neighborhoods and some cool businesses that sprout up. You know, it's not frankly, it's not my speed politically. That's probably the hardest part of living in Oklahoma if you're if you're not fairly conservative and I'm not a particularly religious person and it is uh, both of those things both quite conservative and quite religious but like a lot of places that are that way I think when you have some when you have uh, you'll have pockets of people who are more in line with the way that you think politically and those people are really passionate because they're surrounded by some people who are quite different from them and they have to kind of fight for what they believe in and those people can be really fun so. Um, I, there's a lot of stuff I like about Oklahoma, you know, just like a lot of people. Um, Andrew is one of them, but there's, it, you know, it's a people thing. I, anywhere you live, if you don't, you know, if, if I always say when you leave a place and somebody asks you, what are you going to miss the most? If it's not the people that you met, you did something wrong while you were there. And there were some great people in Oklahoma. Feels like a real time capsule, people. <laughs> right? Yeah. I used to hang out with them and like shake their hands. It was wild. All right. Well, guys, I think that this is this is uh, gone far enough astray, although I appreciate the answer to that question because I didn't know it. And I I, am glad you um, were able to to answer that mystery for me. Um, Schlecht, I'll give you your chance uh, next week. Um, Andrew Schlecht is also in Oklahoma City Uh, for the time being. um, We're going to call it quits. I'm Bill Orem. He's Brett Dawson in Oklahoma City. You've got Andrew Schlecht uh, calling the shots, producing big time producer, executive producer of basketball reasons, actually. And um, I do want to thank everyone. Thank you for staying home. You are saving lives. Thank you for subscribing to The Athletic. You're supporting a great product that has really done some amazing work considering we are living in a world that for now does not have sports. Um, 
Brett and I have both written a couple stories this week. I would also point you to a story by our colleague Jason Jenks today about um, about Larry Bird, the greatest trash talker of all time. Some really good Lakers anecdotes in there that you don't want to miss from Michael Cooper. It's Magic Johnson stuff. So definitely check out that story. Read that. And next week we'll be back with more tales from the Laker beat on basketball reasons. Stay safe and stay home. Thank you, guys.